With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, We're so very grateful that uh, you have chosen to join me this morning on this edition of Down to Earth. It is Sunday, May 31st, 2020. And what a tumultuous week we have had. Uh, Our week began by us expressing concern about the coronavirus rampaging through communities as we celebrated uh, Memorial Day. That was our biggest concern. We were worried that people would be not recognizing social distancing, not respecting the social distance limits in an effort to overcome the locked-in kind of feel that we have had for almost 10 to 12 weeks of being on lockdown. That was our biggest concern last Sunday. Uh, But at the same time, we wanted to feel that, well, we could social distance in our backyard. We could social distance on our decks, on our playgrounds, on the playgrounds of the rich and famous, on the playgrounds if you and I just have a backyard or a deck, or if you have a boat, that you could just go social distance on your boat. But here we are finding ourselves at the end of that said week with the murder of a black man caught on camera and the resulting chaos that ensued. And I just want to make it clear to everyone that when you see Black folks protesting, it's not the time to talk about Black-on-Black crime or to talk about existentialist stuff, like why loot in your own community, why uh, people, uh, they're taking away jobs. Those are low-wage minimum jobs for $9 an hour for 20 hours a week. Those do not pay anybody's bills. Let's just be clear about that. So stop talking about taking away jobs in your community when major businesses won't invest. They don't invest anyway. So that's not the issue. The issue that you're watching is the the trauma, the generational trauma that has residual post-traumatic stresses that continue to plague Black people. Unless you walk in my skin, you never know what it is like to constantly Fear the police. So when we say it's a police state, it is a police state because the fear we have is compounded by the fact that the police are constantly profiling black people. You're driving while black. They pull you over. You're harassed, right? You are taken and locked up and handcuffed in front of your family, dehumanized, and taken to jail. You're profiled while you're applying for a job. They won't give jobs to black people, even when you have graduated with the requisite degrees and educational qualifications that are required, but they'll hire someone who is white, who is way less qualified than you, and put them in the job. There is discrimination in terms of applying for loans and applying for jobs. So what you're seeing is just generational trauma. People are saying enough is enough. We're not going to tolerate seeing another black man killed by a white man. Whether it's the police or whether it's some dudes down in Georgia who felt that because they own a gun, that means black people are blood sports so they can go hunting on black people. And if we do not take a stand and stand up, then I'm afraid that white people, there are some white people who will think that it's okay. 
Case in point right now are white nationalists. Yes, ethno-nationalists, white people who believe in white supremacy and believe in white power. The fringe elements of the alt-right have now created a new group called accelerationists. They believe in the collapse of law and order because the collapse of law and order would mean white domination, if you can ever believe that stuff. To show you, they don't even think through stuff. So their biggest idea now is to use the George Floyd civil rights protests taking place all over the country and to go riot against the police for the police to open fire on black protesters to start a civil war because that's what would happen. You see where I'm coming from? So here again, we have the same agenda being perpetrated over time. You guys need to let go of this abuse. Get over the white supremacy and the white power of foolishness. It's over. Recognize that black and brown people the world over also have power. And they're exercising their power. And they have every right to. The rights of human beings were not guaranteed or given by white people. You don't own any rights to give us. The rights of people were given by the creator. Is that not what the Constitution of the United States says? It says all men are created equal. Even they found that to be true. So how is it that a few white people here and there, fringe elements, determine that they're the only ones who are to hand out rights? It doesn't make sense and it's not computing. And for the rest of us, it's not. It's residual, in the words of the mayor of Detroit, it's residual generational trauma that people are responding to. Walking around in your skin, being human, not being a dog or an animal, being human and being penalized. Now there's more video coming forward from the George Floyd protest that shows that three officers actually were kneeling on George Floyd. How could he breathe? That other officers, he was being mishandled from he was in the car. From he was in the back of the police car, he was being mishandled and pulled out of the car and other officers were standing around like it's blood sport. They all need to be charged with first degree murder, not third degree murder where he probably won't get. The Hennepin County attorney in Minneapolis, I'm going to put up, somebody put up the number last night to text him and tell him, we want justice. All three of them, all four officers need to be charged with first degree murder. I don't care if they're on suicide watch. They ruined someone's life and took someone's life. That could have been my brother. That could have been my nephew. That could have been my brother-in-law. That could have been my friend's husband. That could have been any of my friend's sons. They are my sons too. There could have been anybody I am related to or anyone whom I know. Right now, we have to be telling our sons and daughters, it's not a good time to be black. Don't congregate. Don't go out. Don't drive. Stay home. Stay safe. That's what we're telling our kids now. Is that fair? How would you feel if you had to tell your kids that? It would not be fair, would it? Well, that's what we're saying. So if you're going to join in this fight with us, then you need to understand what we're, what this is about and what we're fighting for. Just like I saw in a southern city, I think it was in Nashville, a group of white women stood between protesters and the police. Essentially, what they were saying is, we know you're not going to shoot us, but we don't want you to shoot them just because they're protesting. Anybody with a conscience recognizes that there's something gone frankly wrong in America. It's called racism. It has taken on some wicked legs and it needs to stop. It's been going on for over 400 years. It's time for it to stop. We need to find a way to say, this is not working for me anymore. This is not happening and we need to stop it. 
and I'm afraid this is the time. So again, I'm going to say this. This has to, we need an end to this racism. We need an end to the killing of unarmed black people. We just saw Ahmad Arbery in Georgia, Breonna Taylor in Nashville. Are we kidding? And now George Floyd? And what these white nationalists who have infiltrated these riots under the guise of marching against police brutality, we're like rolling our eyes here in Detroit. What they're doing is they're infiltrating these riots in an effort to sully the waters of civil rights protests so the police will actually turn on, on, on black people. It ain't because the FBI and the police, they already know. They're mapping these things. They're geomapping it. And they're watching it from the skies. They're watching cell phone data of people who are moving around. And they know who is who. And believe me, it's about time that you start arresting white nationalists. Start imprisoning them and putting them in jail because they are the danger. They've always been the danger. And they have lived on the fringe elements for too long and have gotten away with it. We can't have them infiltrating a civil rights protest where we are protesting the death of an unarmed black man. It can't, it just is not, it's not going to sit right. Not today, not any day. Enough is enough. I have children. I had to tell both my daughters, it's not a good time to be black. I don't want you out on the street. I don't want you roving around. I don't want you doing anything. Stay home and stay safe. Why should I have that conversation with my daughters? Why I have to pray over my daughters before they leave? Why I have to hug them and love them like it's the last time? How would you all feel if you had to do that to your children? It would be an outrage. You would call on the resignation of everybody you know. Well, that's how we feel. That's how we feel. And we can't use the police to militarize and to keep people subdued. It's not going to work. That's not the job of the police. We pay taxes. We work. We have businesses. We pay taxes. We're all in this. You think we're all in this? We're all in this. My money is in it too. So my tax money is paying them too. It's not paying anybody to go kill unarmed black people. We're tired of it. It's enough. It's just enough. Enough tears. We're not crying anymore. We're crying because the helplessness of people to see the generational trauma has not stopped. And we're seeing it's time out for that. You remember a few years ago, and I'm done with this part of it, a few years ago, Colin Kaepernick kneeled on a football field. He was fired from the NFL. He was sidelined. He was blacklisted because he dared to make a statement, a political statement that says enough of the police killings of unarmed black people. And they fired him. He did it peacefully. You all ignored him. You fired him. A CNN black journalist was on air reporting on what was going on in Minneapolis, and he was led away by the police, and the white journalist on the other street was told he was okay. It's black and white, and we got to stop. So today is Sunday, right? And we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about this story. Uh, we're going to talk about, is this not the fast that I've chosen? It, it, it's interesting to me because uh, it's becoming more and more clear that uh, people have been saying, but where is God? God never left. He told us a long time ago what to do. And now he's saying, isn't this the fast I've chosen? Because if you think about it, think about the fact that we're all not working. We're at home, right? 
Everybody is at home. We're not working. And it's time to be reflective. Because maybe in another time, what we would have done is, is we, would have, uh, we would have asked ourselves, well, I have to work tomorrow. Uh, I don't have, uh, I don't have to, I, ca- I can't do this. This requires too much of me. We're tired of, of just being in the same space and, and not having anything to say. We're tired of shutting our mouths because we want to keep our jobs. We're tired of that. Do you see what I'm talk- talking about, people? We're tired of that. We're tired of, 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 of always being the ones to have nothing else to say but to just sit there and, and act like nothing has happened. Seriously? No, we're not doing that anymore. We're tired of going to work and nothing changes. We're tired of going to work and nothing is happening. So I thought last night that change must come. And if change is going to come, then we must look at, well, how is this, what form of change is required and necessary? And how are we going to achieve that change? It's clear now that we're protesting. It's clear that people are angry and their expression of anger is in the form of protesting. They're lining up and they're saying, we don't want this anymore. This is hurting us and this is killing us and we are refusing to live under a state where we are being threatened that looters will be shot at, that people who are looters are white people running out of target with stuff. Looters are white nationalists who are tearing down and destroying businesses, but nobody isn't saying that, right? Protesters who are saying this is a civil rights march. This is a march against injustice. This is a march against inequality. People are saying enough is enough. As, as one of our community leaders in Detroit said yesterday, he's been marching forever. But this is a time. This is a dangerous time. And this is also a dangerous time for African Americans as well because, frankly, this, there's a pandemic still out there. And people are not social distancing. And when people are sprayed on, with tear gas, it's causing more breathing problems. I suspect in another week, a lot of people are going to end up in the hospital because of the virus that is, is prevalent. And that seems to attack mostly black and brown bodies because of inequities in healthcare that are generational. And because of these issues, we continue to have issues and continue to have issues. And now, it is time to stop. So one of the tools by which we seek guidance and one of the tools by which we seek to find help and to find a way to cope and deal with the issues of the day is faith. Traditionally, black folks have always turned to faith. I imagine it's the same thing with white folks, but they might be saying a different prayers in their church today. What we are praying for right now is justice. And one of the ways that traditionally people of faith have used to achieve their some form of relief is, is a fast. So the Lord is saying on today, is this not the fast that I've chosen? Look at it this way. We're home, so we don't have to go to work. We can avoid drinking or eating or commiserating. And whilst we are sitting still, fast 
give up something that you don't have. So here's what the scripture says in the book of Isaiah. The scripture is found in the Bible. In the book of Isaiah, and I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 58, and it says this in verse 6. It says, is this not, is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that we break every yoke. Listen, in verse number 7, it says, is it not to deal that bread to the hungry? And that they'll bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. Are you going to help us while we are protesting? When thou seest the naked, that they'll cover him. Are you going to give people jobs so they can take care of their families? And that thou not hide thyself from thine own flesh. So don't hide from your own conscience. In other words, it's a call to action for all of us. You look at yourself and you say, wait a minute, if this were me, what would I do? Am I going to let people go naked? Am I going to let people go homeless because they can't get jobs in this pandemic? Systemically, black people and brown people are more affected by, by, by economic oppression. It seems to have very negative effects on white people because for the first time, white people found out they couldn't go get a haircut. They couldn't go golfing or go boating as they wanted, and they revolted. They felt like, oh, my God, the world is collapsing on me. That's what we live with every day. Every morning, no matter how glorified our position is, every day, even police of black police officers who are off duty still walk around with their badge because they can get pulled over and profiled just the same and be killed. We all have that issue as black folks. Similarly with brown folks. Brown, brown folks have to walk around with their passports to attest that they're citizens so they're not locked up in an ICE detention center and sent back home. Imagine that, and you are worried about getting a haircut and going to play golf as if losing that one thing you call liberty. That's what you refer to as liberty. We don't know liberty because we're not free to commiserate. We're not free to walk around the country. There are some parts of the country that I am never going to set foot in because I'm not comfortable there because of the entrenched systemic racist oppression that I fear would happen to me. So I'm not free to move around the country. But you are free to move around the country in your skin all day, every day. And the Lord is saying, is this not the fast that I have chosen? So for those of us who are faith, while we commiserate this week with our friends and our coworkers on Zoom, when you have a quiet moment, reflect on this. How can we overcome the systemic racist oppression? One of the ways is we're going to fast. It's that, it sounds like, really, systemically, really? Yes, really. Uh, we can take uh, messages and examples from the Bible where the people of God in the Bible, in the scriptures in the Old Testament have faced oppression. And the prophet and the leader would say, well, let's go hear what God has to say. I am bringing you a message straight from the heart of God that this is how this is going to be achieved. We use in the scriptures the examples that exist where people go to the prophet and say, well, what does the Lord say? Should we go to war? What does the Lord say? Should we rise up? What does the Lord say? Should we plant food at the stand? What does the Lord say? Should we get married at the stand? That's what the people would do. And if the prophet who confers with God says, the Lord says, call a fast, that's what the people would do. And the Lord would answer them on the fast when the fast is done because he is faithful. That's his nature. 
That's the same thing we're saying today. This systemic oppression right now requires a fast. And maybe you're going to say, well, maybe the ancestors of old did. Well, the thing is, black people 400 years ago did not read English because they came from a different land. And when they had assimilated and became generational and were born in America, they were not told to read. They were not taught to read. They were not educated. They couldn't read. In fact, the system of oppression was such it made sure they could not read, so they lacked the ability to read. If they could have read and read the scripture, they would have called a fast too. But they didn't know that the scriptures existed, that the Lord God of heaven, whom they had come to worship as their own, as their own God and their own supreme being, they did not know he had called this because they never read the Bible. They never read because they were not taught to read by their white oppressors, whom some of you are descendants of. Right. So now, so in the civil rights movement, when time came and people started reading the Bible, they began to realize that the same Bible that white men read scriptures from that said, this is the way of life. And God said, this is what you should do. They began to realize that that same Bible was being distorted, that white people had distorted the scriptures to fit their own circumstances. And when people started reading it, the Bible is actually a book about liberty. The Bible is how do you set yourself free from oppression? It's replete with stories like that. Well, here is one of them. This scripture contextually was written when people were crying out to God. Isaiah was a prophet. And the people were crying out to God for help. And the Lord said, go on a fast. We need to fast. We need to call a fast. And we need to say, Lord God, hear our prayers. We got to humble ourselves. Just like when the king is passing through, the president, the king, the governor, the mayor is passing through. Don't we stand on the sidelines? That's the king. That's the authority. That's the formal authority, right? And the queen, is, that is what it is, right? We, in our case in Michigan, we have a female governor, so she's the queen of the state. So when she's passing through, we all stand on the sidelines in authority, recognizing the formal authority. This is this authority for us of faith. And the Bible says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Meaning, I have cut off everything. I have cut off you not going to work. I have cut off you commiserating in bars and clubs and playing music and hanging out. I've cut off everything. Is this not the fast? Is this not the fast that I chose for you to come before me and I will hear your cry? That's all we are required to do. Go before God. He's going to hear us now because he has shut off all the noise. All the noise has been cut off. So he can hear us through the ding and the clatter. See, what he wanted was an obedience from the spirit. Because we come now to recognize, comes now we recognize that this is a much bigger problem. And we need divine intervention. We need divine intervention to fight this virus. We need divine intervention because we recognize that going forward, as of this week, we're going to hear more cases of COVID-19 spiking. We are going to need divine intervention because we don't have leadership in place that is empathetic and that is going to help us as people of color to get through this. We are going to need divine intervention to assure people that justice will be done. And what people want is for no more shootings of unarmed black people. That's what's on our hearts. We need a systemic 
economic oppressive system to be overturned so that the levels the playing field, that all of us, black and brown and white, can play on the playing field regardless of our color and guarantees that if I apply for a job and a white man applies for a job and a white girl applies for a job and a brown man and a brown girl applies for a job, the job is going to be distributed to whom is most qualified not to whom you favor based on an oppressive economic system of color, but to whom is the most qualified for the job. This is what we're fasting for. This requires fasting. We've tried all the other tools, every other tool. None of them have worked. I am saying, let's try this one. It's eternal. Its promises are eternal. God is eternal. God never fails. We have seen examples after examples where the people of God have called on God in times of distress, and they have fasted, and they have obeyed the word of the Lord, and God has come through for them. This is that time. This is the time when we must do this. This is the time when we must answer. And so we must recognize that the people of God the people of God must, must, and must, the people of God must, must get together. We recognize that this, that God has chosen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The words of Isaiah 58, verses 6 to 7, mull over them all week because this is the fact that the Lord has chosen. We have got to recognize that we can't just exist anymore in a vacuum. It is not working. It's never worked 400 years ago. It's not working today. We can't, oh my God, save me and be submissive to an authority that does not recognize our rights as human beings. This system does not recognize that we are human beings. If it did, George Floyd would not be saying, I can't breathe, and then his life is snuffed out because another human being who is white thought, that he had the power and the authority to take someone's life right there on a public street in broad daylight. We witnessed a lynching. That was a lynching America, and it cannot work. From the pulpit to the pew, in every sector, there is wickedness, and there is oppression and economic oppression over time. It's enough. The Lord is saying, Go on a fast. Fast from whatever it is that works for you. Fast so that this wickedness can come to an end. And we want it done expeditiously, but we got to be patient with the process, recognizing that it's been 400 years of generational trauma. I've talked about this endlessly, about the science of epigenetics, about how the violence has so been inbred into our DNA that we have lived with violence, that we expect and anticipate violence, even in our homes. There's no peace and no comfort. If you make a mistake and your alarm goes off and you stand there saying, oh my God, they're going to come with guns blazing. You, you are so traumatized, you can't even make the mistake of opening your door with your alarm, with your alarm on. You don't want to make the mistake of driving down the street and hit, miss a stop sign. You don't want to make the mistake of going through on the yellow. Because they will see the other white people go through on the yellow, but you are the one who gets pulled over. And you don't just get pulled over and process like the, with the dignity of a human being. You're taken out of your vehicle and handcuffed 
in front of your family so your family feel dehumanized and helpless. That system has got to stop. The Lord says fast so we can get past it. This oppression, this systemic oppression has got to go. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. I read somewhere online yesterday that the family of George Floyd said Joe Biden called him. And he said, I've never begged a man before for anything, but he begged Joe Biden for justice for his brother. He said, I don't want to see my brother's face on T-shirts like the mother guys. It hurts my family to realize that my brother has become a victim. That is what is hurting the rest of us. We have sons. I have brothers-in-law. I have nephews. My children, my daughters, I have sons who weren't born to me. They're my friend's sons. They're friends of friends' sons. They're all mine. I don't want to see their faces on a t-shirt. I don't want to get the phone call or the text message that something untoward has happened to a member of my family. It is not well with my soul. And it should not be well with your soul. We have a situation where white nationalists are infiltrating and penetrating civil rights protests in an effort to get the police to retaliate against black protesters. This is not good. It's a breeding ground for disaster. That's not what this is about. We are talking about a system of oppression that has prevailed and that has to be brought down. We're talking about a system that alienates and isolate black people. So we feel like victims and we feel like prisoners in our own homes and our communities. Where black children go to college and graduate with degrees and they're eminently qualified, sometimes even overqualified. How many times have you come across black people, young black people, old black people with two and three degrees? Why are they more qualified than their white counterparts who are supervising them? This has got to stop. That's systemic oppression. And if you follow the trail of the money, you will find that you with three degrees earn ten to $20,000 less than the white person who barely graduated community college, if at all. If at all. That's the system of economic oppression that we live under. And then you're asking us now, comes now, you're going to ask us to sit back and take it easy and be patient? We've been patient for 400 years. What has happened in 400 years? We watch now, as on live TV, a black man who is qualified, who is a journalist, who should be given the status and the dignity that his profession demands and commands, and he is arrested on national TV. Tell me about the trauma that he and his family members have to endure. He did it right. He went to college. Just like you said, well, if more black people go to college and if you all go to college and become educated, then you won't fall into the trap. He did that. And because of the color of his skin, he was arrested because the white journalist on the other street was not. That's the system that has to come. And the Lord is saying, fast. And we are like, huh? And he's saying, fast. So you go to the scriptures now to say, well, where has this ever worked for people? And you find that it actually has worked for people. That's part of the system. In fact, if you fast forward to the New Testament, what did Jesus say? He said some of these troubles can only come out by prayer and fasting. 
And you're going to say, well, Harry, the civil rights movement prayed. Yeah, they did, and they fasted. And we got some reprieve. But we need to push the needle forward so all are now free. And the system is finally brought down. So now we're going to go back, and we're going to use the tools again, and we're going to pray and fast. In addition to letting them know that this is not okay. Here in the city of Detroit, I watched on Fox 2 last night as people infiltrated the, the civil rights protest and threw projectiles at the police. And the police showed remarkable restraint. I was shocked. They backed up. They backed up. They did not take out their guns and fired. They backed up. They had to bring the place to some form of order. But it was not spurred on by black protesters. It was white nationalists. I was watching the Detroit News' broadcast of the march. And I said to myself, where did all these white people come from? They're not marching in solidarity with us. One one dude had his AR-15. So the reporter asked him, why do you have your AR-15 at a protest? He said, well, yesterday a guy got shot right before me. So he, so what is he going to do with that? Take it out and start shooting? If something happens, do you see where I'm coming from? This is not us. That's not what we're seeing. So they're making it and changing the face of it to prove that black people are inherently violent so that if we start marching again, then they're going to turn the guns on us, essentially pushing us into a war that we, don't, we didn't call. We don't want a war. We want justice. We want the four police officers to be arrested so that other police officers around the country who are inclined or feel that they can do anything with unarmed black people whom they perceive to be powerless, whom they perceive to have no regard or whom they perceive have no standing, that they will hesitate to do it because there just might be some prison time attached to killing of a human being. This is why it's important. It is very important for us to recognize that justice has to be done, just as justice would have been swift if I had done that to George Floyd. If it were me or you who put our knee on George Floyd, charges would have been filed the same day. Are you hearing me? Charges would have been filed. We need to understand that this somehow has got to stop. We can't continue to exist like this, America. It's not safe. It's not good for the rest of us. All live here. Black people built the wealth of this country. The wealth of America was built on the backs of black people. Black people built the commerce that was the engine that drives the American economy. We've been the number one economy in the world since 1871. When was slavery abolished? 1865. You think it's in those ensuing years that happened? It's because we had built up enough resources and had become the wealthiest nation in the world that was done on the backs of black people who today, whose descendants today cannot live freely. I am not free to drive around without fear of blue lights coming behind me and pulling me over for any kind of infraction and being handcuffed. I am not free to apply for any job I want 
and be considered on the merit of my qualifications. I am not free to appear on a CNN broadcast and report live. I am not free to comment on issues that affect me and my generations and me and the people of my ethnicity. I am not free. This is not freedom. Colin Kaepernick was not free. He tested the boundaries of his liberty and found that when he kneeled, the NFL had the power to fire him and rendered him unemployable by the football authority. That is systemic white oppression. I saw the NFL uh, issue a statement yesterday, and I'm like, three years too late, maybe? You should have done this when Colin Kaepernick first kneeled and said, what are the issues you want us to address? You didn't do it after Ahmad Arbery? And you expect me now to support the NFL coming in the fall? Hell to the no. I'm going to protest against them in the fall because they have allowed a system to proliferate and you fired a man because he dared to stand up. Meanwhile, you empowered people by not saying anything. So they feel that it's okay to kill a black man. Netflix issued a statement yesterday and said to be silent in the face of this is to be complicit. Wow, that is the truth. I can't stay silent. Even though George Floyd was not my blood relative, we're still connected by the blood of the commonality of the ancestors who went before us. We're still connected by the color of our skin. I have relatives. I have brothers and cousins and nephews and sons of sons of sons. My heart is bleeding today because I don't know which one of my friends, I don't know which one of my male relatives will be the next George Floyd or the next Ahmaud Arbery or the next Breonna Taylor. I don't know and I don't want to find out the next Trayvon or the next Tamir Rice. I don't know the next Eric Garner. It is enough. It is enough. The systemic oppression that causes people of color to can't find a job. George Floyd attended Texas A&M. What the heck is that all about? Why was he working as a security guard in an obscure business when he attended college? In the meanwhile, there are people, white people, working in positions where they shouldn't be because they're not qualified to be there. That is the system that has to change. Why haven't you seen my face on the national news? And I have three books behind my name. Do you know if I were white, how I would be lauded? I would be on a pedestal earning seven figures. Why is it that black actors and black actresses in Hollywood are not given the same jobs and paid millions of dollars? Show me a black actor or actress in Hollywood who is making 20 million per film. Meanwhile, some little white girl who has no calling to her name shows up and she's getting 15 million per film. Remember that girl who acted in the Hunger Games? Jennifer, whatever her name is. Nobody had ever heard of her. Yet she was making millions of dollars per film. Had no talent. One film to her name with credit that looked good, barely. And yet made a mountain out of it. Meanwhile, the Angela Bassett's, the Kerry Washington's, the Alfred Woodard's, the Viola Davis's, the Halle Berry's, and the list goes on and on. Receive nothing for their talent. That's the system of economic oppression. The fact that I, in my skin, 
can't access the same wealth, can't access, not because I lack the talent, but because of the color of my skin. You call it privilege. I call it a systemic oppression. It's not privilege to me. Privilege is me being a human being. Try being me. It's a privilege for you to be black. Because if you have had to survive 400 years of systemic oppression, you would understand what it means to be black. I can't begin to tell you what it must feel like today for Ahmad Arbery's parents. I can't begin to tell you the pain of George Floyd's family members today and friends and community. I can't begin to describe the rage that we feel that we know that in only a matter of days, another black man will be killed in a similar pattern. I can't begin to tell you how we live in a world where we recognize that we are not free, that there are boundaries that they use to contain us, that black men who are in corporate positions of power, eminently qualified, do not get promoted. But a white boy who just come up, he's a come up. I can't begin to tell you about scientists who are black and brown, who can't get ahead and they have the talent, the gifts, and they have the skills. And they're not getting ahead. I can't begin to tell you about black coders who had to form black technology experts in Silicon Valley had to form their own group. They don't get access to funding. They don't get access to being promoted. That is systemic oppression. And I'm saying to you today, let's get on a fast. How about fasting from businesses? How about fasting from economic oppression that continues to support? Why We, we shouldn't order anything from Amazon for a while and see how that works. Don't go to Walmart and shop for a while. See how that works. Don't go to Target to shop for a while. Fast from it. Don't order out for a while and see how that works. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? Fast, therefore, from watching Netflix and everything else. Anybody who is silent is complicit in the continued systemic oppression of black people. Any organization who has not said we will not stand for this, any organization who says this is systemic and it's got to stop, they are complicit and they are silent and complicit. They are black men and women in corporate corridors today who are not getting ahead despite their talent. I know of them. I know personally of them. You would not believe the stories that we hear. It's time out for that. And I have a message to you, white ethno-nationalists who believe in this stupidity that obviously did not work when Hitler propagated it. I don't know why you think in today's day and time with technology that it would work. I have a message for you. They know who you are and they will find you. And they will put you in jail for trying to incite rioting, for trying to incite. They will find you. Every ethno-nationalist that is out there, every alt-right that is out there, you feel that it's white domination, that you, what are you going to dominate? You can't even hold a sentence in, in, and think sequentially. You couldn't even think through your patterns, but you want to go run, run what? Every, I have a message for you. They will find you. They have more sophisticated tools than you think, than you know about, and they will find you. And they will ensure that the only place you will be mapped to, the only place you will end up in is a jail cell which is where you belong, and your ideas belong in a jail cell. 
this is enough. The Lord is saying today, is this not the fast that I have chosen? This is the fast that the Lord has chosen to rid, loosen the bands of wickedness. Tamic economic oppression is wickedness. Oppression is driving and fearing being pulled over. That's oppression. Oppression is going to apply for a job and you have the qualifications, but they won't hire you because of the color of your skin. Oppression is a black actor in Hollywood not getting the roles, even though they are more qualified and more talented because of their color. That is oppression. And that has to end. Oppression is applying for a loan for your small business and not being given it, not because your credit score is bad, but because, because you don't qualify based on color. That's oppression. That is oppression. Oppression is living in a school district where there are budget cuts and budget cuts against black school districts all over the country. So black kids can't get the education. That is their right. That is oppression. That is oppression, and that has to stop. And one of the ways the Lord has said is look upon the words in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 6 and 7. And I close with this. This is the fast that we need to deal bread to the hunger. So those of you who are going out to protest today, if you're white and you think you need to go out, you need to say, hey, I have a business. Here's my business card. Come talk to me. We're going to hire some people. This, the Bible says in verse 7, is that not to bring the poor that are cast out? You know what that means? The poor that are cast out, black people who can't get jobs, bring them into your place of employment. That's your house. Bring them into your place of employment. This oppression extends even to churches. You go to a white church, how many black people are in positions of power, even in the church? People claim that they serve God. Which God? You read this right here in Isaiah 58 and 7, where it says, is it not to bring the people into your house? Your house of worship does not contain black people in power. Tell me about that. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him. So you see black people out there today protesting against injustice. Are you going to go out there and form a band around them so the police The white police won't open fire on them. And finally, that you don't hide from your own flesh the wickedness that is in your heart when you yourself determine, I'm not going to give this black woman this job. I found myself in a position like that years ago where I was not hired, but the job was given to a white girl. A white woman was given the job that I was qualified for. She had no qualifications in the field I was applying for. She had no experience, but they gave her the job. And you want to tell me that this is not, you are not hiding from yourself when you have to confront your own wickedness, when you have to come face to face with the fact that, yeah, I can say my ancestors did it, but how have I not done it when I did not? okay that loan for somebody who needed it. How have I not done it when I turned away somebody applying for a college admissions? How have I not done it when I didn't give them the promotion that they were due? How have I not done it by turning my back when I saw the oppression in the school of my neighbors, black kids being oppressed? How have you not? How do you confront the wickedness of your own flesh? My God, but you call yourself a good person 
you call yourselves a Christian and you are suing governors across the country so you can have liberty in your churches. No, you just want to have access to people's pocketbooks and bank accounts and debit cards. Let us just be clear about that. You're not concerned. Do you stand up? Do you stand up and defend the rights of people that unarmed black people will not be shot in the streets and be knelt on like you're nobody? What if that were my face that you saw on the back of a t-shirt? What if that were me on the ground being mistreated? Do you know what it's like to be black? To walk around in stores and people walking around behind you? As if? What if? Try being black one day. This is what the Lord is saying. We need to collectively go on a fast. It works. And we need to do that. And we need to do it quick, fast, and in a, and in a hurry. To bring closure to this endless season of violence. It's been endless. We're all so traumatized. We go to parties. We listen to music. Just so we don't have to think about it because the news cycle is going to contain it. Sometimes we literally just cold pass it because we don't want to have to engage in it. I have a message for some of you black folks who are, have become the arbiters and the messengers of the establishment. You have become, you have sold yourselves out because you tell yourselves you live in a cocoon and you tell yourselves that this can't happen to you and you put out messages on Facebook that you need to improve your credit scores so this won't happen to you. And you need to own your own business and you need to go get educated. It's only a matter of time before you become marginalized. I can tell you that right now. It's only a matter of time. What you don't want to accept that is glaringly in front of you, that inequality and oppression does have a color, have a system, it's called color. They're using you to become the voice of the establishment and the messenger so that they look good politically. They look good socially, but you come out with messages that are ruinous to your own race. Then when you are not present, they go behind your backs and laugh at you because when the system is coming down, it will come down on you too. You don't believe me? Go to history and you will see. That's my message to those black folks who believe that this wouldn't happen to them. I used to think so too. I was like you until it hit me. Then I said, wait, wait just a minute. I did everything right. This is bigger than me. Right? My name is Harriet Kimmick. Thank you so much for joining me. On a day like this, I know many of you are going to go out to protest. I urge you to do so peacefully. I urge you to do so with social distancing. I can't stop you from protest because you are tired and you feel that enough is enough. I feel your pain. I see it. I agree with you, but we're in the midst of a pandemic. Think about that. There are other ways that we can do this. We can write letters. We can impress upon leaders, our community leaders, and tell them that we're not going to stand for this. Let's do that. Let's call every lawyer. Call every representative and tell them enough is enough. Flood them with emails so they can use that to go and say the system has got to change. Let's do that. There are other ways that we can do this. 
Please, I am begging you, there is a pandemic out there that is threatening all of us, and it's impactfully threatening people like you and I. So please, my prayer for you. I want to thank the Detroit police for showing remarkable restraint on yesterday, last night in downtown Detroit. They did not retaliate. They finally had to bring the situation under control, but when they were thrown projectiles at, they didn't open fire. They, did, they showed remarkable restraint. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for not hitting on our folks. Thank you. Recognizing that they have a right, and this is how they express it. So I'm asking all of you, all my young sons and daughters, please be careful. We need you, the next generation, to lift this up. Please be careful today. Please I am begging you. And I say this to the Hennepin County Attorney. The ball is in your court. I'd like you to file charges against those four police officers for first-degree murder. Thank you very much. Do it and do so quickly. It is your constitutional duty. Do it now. So I want to thank you, everybody, and to every ethno-nationalist and white nationalist out there. Please take a seat. Go sit down. Please take a seat. Please go take a seat. Not today. Not today. Thank you so much, everybody. My name is Harriet Kemmer. My podcast is Down to Earth. Thank you for being a part of it. Go to my website for more information about who I am and get my book, Through the Fire. It's available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Support us as we continue to provide economic relief to victims of violence around the country. I did promise to send the book out. It's not my fault. Amazon is slowly working towards delivering. And we understand that we're in a pandemic, so it's taking a while for these things to happen. Thank you so much, everybody. It's Sunday. Be blessed, everybody. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much. Be blessed, Twitter. Thanks so much. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.